The year is 2021. I'm David. I'm Zach- <laughs> Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm Charlotte. Uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my marvelous year. Welcome to a very formal episode of My Marvelous Year, the show where we read through Marvel Comics from its origins to today. We have covered, by the end of 2021, this year which we are celebrating today, we will have covered Marvel Comics from 1961 to 1993, and we are excited in 2022 to begin our journey through the Marvel Comics of 1994. Coming up in My Marvelous Year, we're going to be talking Marvels by Busiak and Ross. We're going to be talking the Spider-Man clone saga. We're going to... Wait, where are you going? Where's everyone going? No, come back, come back, please. There's also Age of Apocalypse, lots of good stuff through the mid-90s. It's going to be fun. But today... Today we're looking back at the year that was. We're looking at 2021. We are going to celebrate what we read in the Mime Marvelous Year Club, but also also our favorites of the year in current comics, in music, in movies. And we're going to answer listener questions because we got plenty of good ones. I'm Dave, the founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Best voted best comics website of 2021 by those who, who did participate in the survey I submitted with one choice available to them <laughs> uh, which was very very thrilling that uh, my mom and dad did indeed fill that out Zach welcome to my marvelous year 2021 it's Zach Dean everyone the hostess with the mostest woo, woo, woo. he is here he's been here all year and uh, and he's still standing still standing by the end of the year Zach how are you feeling having made it through I, I think I read those comics three decades out of- plus I've, I've read the most comics out of any, any I mean, obviously more than Charlotte, because she just started, but mm-hmm. uh, you and I, Dave, I think, you know, you took quite a chunk off. I read a lot more of Marvel comics this year than you'd, well, See, old Marvel that's comics. that's definitely but, not true. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, not, not Marvel comics in general, because I basically read, I probably, 16 issues of modern Marvel comics. I, I would guess, year, too, maybe. there are probably a lot of people in the Slack who read more comics than you because we have all the extra oh, issues yeah. folks, right, who dig into full runs. Oh, yeah. Kind of oh, as even we're doing this curated comics, yeah. essential yeah, yeah. list of, you know, people people so, then explore what of else they want to read. Clone Saga. We, we have someone in the Slack right now doing the full Clone Saga read, which it's like, why? Why are you doing send that? Them, send them my way because I want to read their notes so I don't have to again. <laughs> I would, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, you, know, sure. you know what, though? I actually, I really like the first part of the Clone Saga. All right. I'm going to tease it out there. It's not all bad, people. So don't get too nervous about it, despite the reputation. No, he, we, he's actually, he, he's saying there's quite a good, a bunch of good stuff. So, yeah. 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 Oh, well, a bunch. That might, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I trust him anymore. But uh, all right. Let's, let's, let's turn this now to, honestly, the most exciting. Introducing Charlotte. Yeah, oh, the okay. most exciting development <laughs> oh, good, in okay. my marvelous year <laughs> like in 2021 <laughs> yeah, was yeah, yeah. we added a third host. We added a third host. Charlotte, we're so happy to have you. Uh, the show has literally never been better. Um, I I used to come into these just depressed and haggard, <laughs> and I could I could barely get out of bed. I was undressed. Uh, but now that you're here, I'm excited to be here. Charlotte, welcome. 
Yeah, thanks. I'm very happy to be here. That was both very nice and very degrading towards Zach. So incredible. Um. <laughs> mm, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Charlotte, um, Charlotte last month because I have to. I am, I'm the one who's in charge of uh, splitting up the Patreon money depending on you know how many episodes people are on. And last month, Charlotte, uh, I think, beat both Dave and I for most episodes that she was on. Uh, she was uh, the most That's true. recorded host. Which also makes her the richest podcaster in North America, I think. Which, ironically, you're not even in North America. <laughs> Which is ironic, yeah. I, think yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Well, definitely yeah. the richest in France, yeah. I, I think, are there... Po- Do they have podcasts in France, Charlotte? First, just No, to, we, we haven't... Uh, um, we haven't um, got that technology yet. <laughs> That's yeah, the thing internet, in France. The, the inter- no you podcast. have internet, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, but okay. it's like it's All French right. internet, so it's not uh, it's not great. We have Twitter, Facebook. That's a shame. That's a, you know, Zach. That's an untapped market for us. I think as podcasts become a thing in France, we could be huge, right? Like that's that's yeah. what you see with a lot of podcasts. Like I I listen to um the Dollop, which is like a, a history comedy podcast. I used to listen to that a bunch, and they got really big in Australia. Like that was their mm-hmm. their rise to fame was like you get big in a different country. I think we target France. We've got Charlotte. We've got an in. We have a healthy adoration of Bat Rock. We're halfway there. I think we do. That's our that's our move. I actually you can go on to the the website where we host our episodes and see how you're being listened to in each country. And we have like a decent European listening. We have a pretty sizable South American uh, listener base. Yeah. Uh, I but you can d- divide it up by countries. I'd be very curious to see if, like, over time, Charlotte's edition actually boosts our numbers in France. Do you think so, Charlotte? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe me talking about some French comics here and there helps, but I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if, like, French yeah. people usually listen to a lot of uh, English-speaking podcasts. I know most of my friends don't. Mm, that's so. A good point. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So you're kind of an outlier there. Yeah. Zach, I think we just need to we need to learn another language. Uh, okay. I already know French. I think no, not French. Just that, another but... one. Just oh, okay. a different one. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, um, and once we've done that, <laughs> then we could start making moves. So, okay. But no, seriously, Charlotte, so excited you're here. Um, I, mm-hmm. I definitely am excited for all of my Marvelous year going in 2022. But let's talk about the year that was. Let's talk about some of our favorites. Let's start with the simplest question, which is, what was the comic that you most enjoyed reading as part of the My Marvelous Year Club in 2021? Charlotte, let's start with uh, you. So, I just realized... It's one we read in 2021, but that's going to be out in 2022, because so, I was thinking of Marvels. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside from that, it's the it's definitely the Jim Starlin, Silver Surfer, and Thanos Quest stuff. Like, miles ahead of anything else. just put a little reference on this, because I, I had to look it up. In 2021, we read 1980 through 1993, which surprised me that actually we read a whole 13 years. Yeah. You could have just listened to my intro. I said Did you that. say from 1980? Did you? Oh, you could have listened to me. I had to look it up. He says, "My goodness." Sorry. I, yeah, I was like, I was probably not listening because I was like opening up my podcast app and scrolling through the first episode <laughs> of 2020. Um, wait, and uh, so that means let's see here. Uh, oh my gosh, he's doing math. He's doing live. <laughs> oh math. no, it, no, Have wait, wait. Us. You said 19. You said 1980. 1989 to 1993. Okay, yes. We didn't I, cover okay, a heck well, of a lot of years. No, so you were listening to me because I just messed up. And we slowed in, things down. Yeah, I, I messed up. I went to the back to uh, to 2020, not from uh, oh. 2021. So yeah, okay. So we covered like four and a half years. I was actually shocked. I was like, 13 years? That's crazy. I didn't think we talked about that much. <laughs> it would be, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So I guess it would be uh, same for me. It's it's Starlin stuff. And uh, like a close second place for me is 
John Byrne's She-Hulk, I think, because I think that was second place. Wow. Wow, I, I love that. I went and bought the Omnibus for that. Like, I uh, I really love that whole run. So. Yeah. Okay. So you're, it, you're an Omni I Burn think, boy. I think it, this. I do. I think know it's one of the you. only. It might be one of the only comics that I've read twice since. Like, I've read it again since we uh, we covered it on the club. So. Good. Okay. Damn. Strong that's recommendation. A, yeah, uh, my pick here. would definitely. I mean, I'm I'm with you all on Thanos Quest. Definitely. I mean, I love love Thanos Quest. Uh, newfound appreciation for Infinity Gauntlet as well, and uh, mm-hmm. and definitely want to give shouts there to just how incredible George Perez is. I mean, it's a thing we yeah. talk about, Zach. Mm-hmm. You're you're absolutely in love with with his run on Wonder Woman, and that's been talked about mm-hmm. a lot on the pod. But the news came out in the last week that he was diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer. And that is obviously tremendously, tremendously sad. But there's been this outpouring of love and adoration for George Perez's work. And I just want to echo that here uh, in saying we got to experience and enjoy some of that as part of the club this year with Infinity Gauntlet. There are a few things more iconic than George Perez's work, those first three issues of Infinity Gauntlet. Like, it's there's so many astonishing panels um, from that book, right? And, and memorable, memorable visuals. So, you know, amazing, amazing stuff that definitely want to echo the, the, the thrill of reading yeah, that work. It, Really, really heartbreaking stuff. I, I usually don't get that, uh, you know, emotional about like celebrity, uh, celebrity death. I mean, he's still he's still alive, but he's basically said, you know, he's he's turning down treatment and he's just, you know, gonna gonna let it ride out. Um, because you know, I usually feel pretty uh, not not that personally attached to celebrities. Like I don't actually know them. I'm like I'm usually just kind of bummed that you know I won't they won't have more art to put out into the world. But George Perez just seems like such a sweet guy. Yeah, and his work is like. So everyone, we actually, uh, I forgot to bring it up, but um, I, I don't know where it's going to come out, but we're doing some Peter David Hulk. I think it's actually going to come after this episode, but we recorded it already. And there's some George Perez, like little uh, jokes about George Perez. Some guy shows up in a Hawaiian shirt mm-hmm. in that and Peter David is making like a little George Perez reference. Oh, because we had, like, we had Future Imperfect this round as well, right? Another, oh, another well, that, George that Perez too, special. Which a comic I don't actually like, but his art is Come incredible. On, you like that, that You definitely like that art. Uh, oh, yeah. I did. I like his art a lot. Like those are the, that's what stands out is those, especially those big splash pages covered in all the little details. Like yeah. really cool stuff. And then, you know, Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? Like his, uh, that's, his that's Teen DC Titans. though, Zach. You're, you're, that's his Teen publisher. Titans, his Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, re- really good stuff. So. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, exactly. and I do just want to, in terms of what I enjoyed, um, I had the most fun this round reading Anna Senti and John Romita Jr.'s Daredevil because those were mm. comics I had what? not experienced yeah. as thoroughly, so I got to read that run in full for the first time. That was definitely mm-hmm. the most fun for me to go back and see why there's such... All the cool kids love that run. All the cool kids love mm-hmm. Nascenti and J.R.J.R.'s Daredevil. And I still don't... I'm still not cool enough to put it above my faves of like Miller and Bendis and honestly, even Zadarsky and Chiquetta, what they're doing right now in Daredevil is so stinking mm-hmm. good. But, uh, but I had so much fun reading that run. So, oh, that it's, was, that I, I, I'm one of those, I'm one of those cool kids, Dave, because it's, it's real. Mm, that's not totally what I meant, <laughs> but yeah, you do love it. <laughs> it's very close to Miller's run for me. And, uh, and it, like, I didn't actually do the whole read. So I need to, you know, go do the entire read of that run. But, like, it's really close for me. I really like it. And it's for different reasons. That's what I really love about it. Is yeah. That, like, she follows up. It feels like the continuation, but it's not. It's just a very different devil story. It's doing its own. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Which is nice. Yeah. All right, Charlotte, let's start with you. We have a question from the Tarhelion in the Slack. It says, I hope you, Zach, and Charlotte share your favorite series from 2021, Marvel or non-Marvel. Says they really enjoyed the Rex last year. Picked up Kent State and Blue and Green based on our recommendations, which I do have to say here. I do have to say, Google the best comics 2021. 
Check out mm-hmm. Comic Book Herald's list. I document this rigorously throughout the year. You will find tons of my recommendations there. Charlotte, what are your three favorite comics of 2021? Yes, yeah, so those aren't really in order. Um, and like... Technically, there's one of my three favorite comics I didn't really put in there because it doesn't have an English translation, so no one can really check it out unless you speak French. But it's a um, it's a book called Coming. That's in. fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Coming. I have it right there. It's by um, Elodie Font and Carol Morel. Uh, maybe I mean I hope maybe one day it will have a, an English translation. And it's about uh, just about a, a young woman um, coming to terms with uh, her homosexuality. And uh, like li- li- the title says it all. It's coming in, like coming out to yourself. Um, and um, mm. having like grieving your the death of your heterosexuality in a way. Um, so yeah, it was a very interesting read and very, very beautiful, very beautiful um, visually. Like there, are, nice. we see her mental breakdowns and um, yeah, it's a, a very beautiful book, both uh, in the art and in the what it's about. Okay, and Charlotte, you're definitely gonna have to share that with us and write it down so we can include yeah. it as a link because I'm certain I will not be able to spell those author names uh, without some <laughs> help. But that is a great recommendation. Uh, let's do let's do round robin. Let's do let's each do one. So Charlotte, you go, then Zach, then me, um, and let's share one comic each. Zach, you're next. So comics like 2021. I kind of no stop reading. Stop. Uh, Wait, hang on, no, hang on. I'm, I just want to everything's clarify. gonna be tw- no everything will be 2021 <laughs> comics. I, okay. Yes, I know you're gonna have. I'm just saying this this year I fell off reading a lot of like modern comic stuff. Um, like my pull list drastically reduced because it was just piling up without me reading it. So it really got winnowed down and, uh, and I only pull a handful of books now. And I really don't want to just say the same things I said last year, which is everything that James Tyne in the fourth is writing, you know, but that's like the perennial recommendation, like wind, something is killing the children, department of truth. And now nice house on the lake is all like all worth reading. So I'm just going to put that out there. Everyone already knows, but like read everything he's doing. I haven't yeah. gotten to his Batman. But for but for new comics, um I think I'll start out with uh, a comic that got I don't know if it got canceled or if it just only had this planned. Um this year is Tartarus by <laughs> uh Johnny Christmas on, on art. Just a second. I pull he, that up. He writes so it as well. He writes it. Okay. Johnny Christmas on art and uh Jack Cole is uh, is involved. I'm not sure. Lee. Jack Cole's the artist. Is is that true? Okay um yeah it's a 10 issue image series that's uh that's really excellent jack cole's art and the uh and coloring specifically is really beautiful some like absolutely gorgeous pages um of coloring and it's this strange sci-fi dystopian thing about uh warlords and uh bounty hunters and uh, it's really hard to describe it's kind of just its own thing in this uh huge sci-fi empire happening um but I really f- fell in love with the style, and uh, and it's a nice quick ride, especially now that it's out. Go get the two trades that come out for it and read it all in one sitting. It's definitely worth your time. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so basically, like you said, like the Department of Truth is my favorite comic of the year. That's another Tinian joint. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. It, I, again, doubling down on just like, yeah, check out the works of James Tinian. Remains a good wreck. Um, Ice Cream Man also basically has been mm. my favorite series for like three years running so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave those out and talking about them in detail because i've recommended them a ton if you follow comic book herald really at all uh instead i'm going to recommend first the good asian uh this is a neo-noir series uh it is by Pornsik Pichitiot. uh i got to interview him for creanitators podcast on comic book herald and uh he is a delight he's awesome and this book is so stinking good um in a lot of ways it mirrors i think what bitter root was so good at the David F. Walker and Sanford Green story, where it is rooted in the past. It is it is 
dealing with Asian American racism and all the problems that were there in the 20s and 30s. Uh, but then it has these historical scholarly essays as part of the back matter that are just like they just are, are so crucial and and really um, expand sort of intellectual intellectual curiosity that I think the narrative brings. But then you look at Pichichotes and uh, Alexandre Tefinge doing art here. It's just a really fun, good noir story as well um, about uh, a detective, um, you know, an, an Asian man on the force here, one of like the only ones. It's kind of playing in the the tradition of Charlie Chan stories, but updating that and modernizing it um, intensely. And just there's all this real life grounded history of the America's Chinese Exclusion Act, which I knew nothing about, total ignorance mm-hmm. of. And uh, I am so much better for for having read this. Yeah, and maybe you should go listen it. to uh, my Mervis ear when I talked about that back in our 1940s episode. <laughs> so maybe you could have maybe you could have learned something. I, I remember bringing all that up because when I back when I used to do like history research on the comics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I can't remember we were talking about some early comic and all the yellow peril stuff that was happening in like really early comics. So I had some facts about how like drastic the uh, the discrimination against Asian Americans and Asian yeah. immigrants. Yeah. No, it's uh it's so, yeah. it's it's wild and bad and real. So so check it out. The Good Asian yeah. is a great comic. Definitely I, yeah, I, uh, timely and, and essential and well worth a read. Charlotte, pick yeah, number I, two. Well, I, I'm going to second that because uh, that was also my pick. So just <laughs> I attack on oh, okay. everything Dave said. <laughs> so the Good Asian was in my list as well. Perfect. Okay. Um, I like the only comic on my list that's uh, Marvel is like Immortal Hulk ended this year and it's it's an incredible comic from beginning to end, uh, like fifty issues of uh, I mean one of the best twenty ten uh, Marvel comics I think uh, I, I mean I, th- I think Dave I think you've read all of it uh, and from what I understand I think you agree yes. um, uh, it's it's such a great modern uh, like that picks up on so many stuff from. Uh, 60 years of history of of, uh, of the of the Hulk and like ties it all together with in a way that you don't need to have read all of it to to really enjoy it and such a it's, it creates new characters that are so as interesting as uh, as Bruce Banner and as the Hulks like uh, Jackie McGee and um, Charlie McGowan are just two great additions to to the Marvel universe I think and I'm uh, yeah I'm I'm very there's a reason why Al Ewing is uh, the top Marvel creator right now maybe after Jonathan Hickman and like it's in grand part um, Immortal Hulk. No, he's he's just the top. I, I think <laughs> Ewing is just the top. Yeah, <laughs> truly, I, I'm a huge Hickman fanboy, but but Ewing is is the cream of the crop at Marvel. Um, yeah, great pick, definitely agree. I I was mildly underwhelmed by the finale, but I think mostly because I didn't want it to end. Um, yeah. So, but it's a it's a great run, great great run. All right. So Zach Zach shared the good agent for number two. So then I'm going to share. Well, uh, no, you didn't share. <laughs> share. I'll share something else. No, no, you're good. We, I I feel like we've all heard enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The good the good Asian is very good. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna let me talk about. Uh, I got into some web comic. Oh no! Here, a little bit through through Charlotte. Uh, specifically, well, here, here this is this webtoons or web comics, like old fashioned webtoons. Web comics. Webtoons. Okay. So Charlotte, Charlotte, and I talked about webtoons, and I mostly <laughs> bounce off them. They have a there's there's a bunch of reasons, but you know, I, I think like the writing is you, you don't quite have up the attention span. The art is you get quite distracted up on your phone. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, but she recommended one that did click with me that I, I quite liked, uh, with a big asterisk next to it, which is Lavender Jack. Um, and that is by uh, Dan Shkari. Uh and uh, and it, it's a 
kind of a Hercule Poirot mixed with a little bit of V for Vendetta Oof. kind of. Can, can uh, you say that name again, please? thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> that has my soul. You, you tell me how to say it. Hercule, Her- Poirot? Hercule Poirot. Poirot. Charlotte's uh, oof on that. Oh, that was great. Uh, in, uh, in it's about uh, like a French detective in a somewhat like. This uh, early 19th century yeah. French-ish city. Uh, and Lavender Jack is this like superhero vigilante stealing from the rich, punishing the rich. And then on the other side of it is a uh, this French detective, this elderly woman French detective. Um, is it Teresa Ferrier? Yeah, F- Teresa Ferrier. Um, Ferrier. Uh, and it's really good. It's really well written. It's like it's engaging. The mystery is good. It's well paced. The art looks really nice. I really enjoy it and uh, it's the first like webtoons that i've been able to get into that feels like it hits the ground running and doesn't kind of have that stink of amateurish or stink of whoa it's going the comics tcj.com over here even the comics that are really popular like lore olympics or lore olympics lore olympics (laughs) which uh which which i can see like a lot of really nice stuff about like the art is really nice in that just like it still feels like somebody's first comic or someone's early comics it's like Going back to read, like, early works of someone who c- goes to do great stuff. And that comic might be good, but, like, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of webtoons just feel like, yeah, it's people, you know, figuring out their, their stuff. Or trying to imitate, you know, an anime style. That, that bugs me. Uh, the big asterisk next to Lavender Jack, it's written by a white guy. And uh, and he tries to have this very uh, multiracial cast, which is very good, right? Like, it's a very non-white cast in the comic. Um my the one asterisk is Teresa Ferrier, which is the main character, is drawn as this big hulking kind of grotesque bald black woman, and it is it, it there, there there's something about uh the way that she's like she's a really interesting character like on the page she's really interesting but the art uh I think has some problems I think like the way that she is drawn is uh is, is a little iffy and there's a history of uh like this kind of like dehumanizing desexualizing black women uh that is not being like interrogated here properly like there's there's something odd here i, I it's like interesting design but then I, I think there's there's kind of an issue with that um with his design of this character even with that said uh, i i still think it's worth your time and uh and worth checking out okay that's, that's been on my to read uh for a few months yeah. now so i it, definitely i mean it, like it web check it out webtoons uh, it's the, a the, quick webtoon read, is tough you know? to yeah. tough to dive into because there's so much definitely so but that one has been on my radar so i'm going to yeah. read that yeah it, it was on my list too yeah. right. awesome. check it out sweet yeah okay sweet yeah. i love it all right cool so i'm gonna let's wrap things here because we've been talking about comics for a while uh my number two that i'm gonna go with is let's go tmnt by sophie campbell I love yeah, Sophie cool. Campbell's writing and art uh, on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had so much fun <laughs> reading Ninja Turtles comics. I, as much as I read, you know, superhero stuff, I have not taken the time to go back to one of my other favorite 90s, um, you know, kid nostalgia fests, which is the Turtles comics. I'm sure I would love them, but Sophie Campbell being on it got me back in. And uh, and actually, Sarah Century's recommendation, a uh, great great writer and critic for mm-hmm. CBH and yeah. other places. Uh, TMT is so fun. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, you can start with basically issue number like one hundred and one. Like it follows this big Turtles Reborn arc, and it is just astonishing how good these Turtles comics are. And anytime, like Sophie Campbell is collaborating with some great artists and stuff here, but I I love her artwork so much. Um, and the storytelling is fantastic. So. I got into Turtles again this year, and that was a heck of a lot of fun. Speaking of a heck of a lot of fun, we have a question here. Charlotte, 
If you were in charge of Marvel, DC, or Image in 2022, what would be the changes you would make for the year? This is a question from Steve in the Slack. Thank you, Steve, for this question. Uh, if you like My Marvel This Year and you want to join this exclusive Slack, go on over to patreon.com slash My Marvel This Year. But Charlotte, let's toss to you. If you're in charge of Marvel, DC, Image, the big comics publishers, what do you want to see in 2022? Oh, my God. Where to begin? Um, <laughs> I mean, only comics-wise or like... Uh... <laughs> In the way they treat the oh, authors. Pick one. Pick, uh, pick one. pick one big initiative. I mean, treat your authors better. Treat your artists better. Like, treat everyone who works for you better. Yeah. Uh, like, people shouldn't have to resort to GoFundMe's and stuff like that when they have uh, health issues. Um, when they create uh, characters that go on to make billions of dollars uh, in the movies. So, that uh, that's a nice first step, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, that's a great one. Definitely, definitely true. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know because um, in comics-wise, I think I mean overall hire more non-white, non-straight writers because that's uh, that's still something that's uh, very lacking in the modern comics industry. Like I can think of two trans authors that have worked at uh, Marvel in uh, in the last year. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, that's that's uh, next on the list. Yep, also a great pick, Zach. What uh, what do you think? If you're in charge of one of these, what would you want to do? Okay, so more Spider-Man comics, more X-Men, <laughs> like more Wolverine, more in Wolverine series for sure, and more, he cries more Batman, more, more, more. Giving you beat. All right, thank you. Yeah, more more Batman like series running at once. Um, no, uh, the the opposite of that. It's the same thing I've always said, and this would never happen. Even though I think there's like some wisdom to it, which is. You know, when they're going through one of their inevitable reboots, like DC, like, you know, doing a future state or whatever, like cut, kind of resetting the status quo or whatever, cutting down to 10, to, like have a set number, 10 series, Ooh. Ooh, 12 talk series, me. talk to me, baby, something, something like that. And be like, yeah, we're going to have a Spider-Man and an X-Men and a Fantastic Four. Well, I don't know. It's tricky with uh, Marvel because it's like Spider-Man and X-Men are the only things that are like surefire always going to be running but dc it's always going to be like you always have a batman and a superman and a wonder Woman. i mean marvel and not then, publishing a daredevil is actually yeah. just as crazy um because it is pound for pound like almost always the so best consistent comic, yeah. You know? yeah yeah yeah. so consistently good but like i i just think about this all the time where like you get off a great run of the hulk and it's like well we have to immediately follow up with another hulk run mm -hmm. right we can't just not have a hulk comic and it's like well maybe you could Maybe you could just not have a Hulk comic until someone pitches yeah. something so exciting to you, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, like, yeah. be a little bit more mercenary with what gets cut and what gets to stay. But meaning, you know, that, like, you have a very limited amount so people can follow everything. Like, I think that's a really appealing idea that's, like, it gets us to read kind of a bunch of bad comics in the Ultimate Universe. Like, I end up reading a bunch of awful comics in the Ultimate Universe because there is still that, like, oh, well, you know, it's only one of the eight comics that they're publishing, yeah. In the Ultimate University time. So, like, I'll check it out because I want to stay appraised of everything. Whereas, like, like I think it's just getting the idea of, like, it's okay to not have a Fantastic Four for a year, right? And it they can wasn't. be in the background. It was yeah, not okay. We happened. lived through that <laughs> right. recently, yes, exactly. exactly. I mean, I guess that's that's <laughs> the example where they did vanish for a while, and it was fine, right? And then, but then it came back, and it was not that hot, right? It was actually um, worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, a million percent agree. A million percent agree. You're spot on. Uh, but you're also spot on in saying Marvel will never do this. I mean, it is interesting because DC has done this in their way. Like DC has mm -hmm. reduced their incontinuity ongoing 
comics pretty significantly over the past couple years. They publish a ton more stuff now just comes out as part of standalone Black Label. Um, and, and I actually like that as a reader yeah, in those, certain ways. Maxi that said, yeah. I don't think it's it's not working fantastic for them per se. Um, at least it definitely in terms of like the sales and the market share and all that stuff, like it hurts those numbers. And that's the game Marvel's playing is to just lock in those numbers, which is not good as a reader. Uh, as a reader, I definitely prefer having less. But because that will never happen with Marvel, because they're playing those numbers games, uh, you know who it should and could happen with is Image Comics. There's no stinking reason Image could not get back, try to get back to being the house of, yeah, we have the 10 most essential runs in all of comics. Mm-hmm. They're all yeah. here, and you need to read them. They've There's been a real for like five years now sense of like, you know, just muddled confusion about, well, what are the good image books now? And that's because mm-hmm. they publish a billion. They publish so much stuff. And I, again, like business-wise, numbers-wise, I get why companies do these things. But from a perception and long-term marketing perspective, I would love to see image say, you know, we're going to greatly reduce our line and we're just going to raise the standards of what these have to be and only publish our best stuff. Um, because right now there's just so much clutter and they don't seem like a publisher that benefits from that, at least in terms of how people think about them, which has degraded intensely um, have, since, I, I guess, mean, what we kind of so lived through, many... which was like the image revolution of, yeah. I don't know, like 2011 through 2015, basically. So many so many series that they drop and then they get like four to six issues. And, you know, and it feels like they... like. Like, they invest the time less in, like, this is a great series and it just isn't getting the support to, like, get its its uh, reader, you know, like, invested, right? You know, like, HBO is a good example of a, uh, a network that generally, like, even if a show is doing so-so, if it gets great critical buzz, we'll give it, like, two to three seasons to, like, find its audience, you know? And I, I feel Image doing that less and less. Okay, actually, my real answer, forget everything I said about DC and Marvel— Right, I desperately it. need Image. Yeah, I'm going to cut all that out of the episode. I desperately need Image to do what Marvel and DC with their unlimited reading series, right? And it's trickier because they're all oh. creator-owned. That would, that would right? not so you, the, the, work. <laughs> it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work the same way, but like, man, like, that would be... I, I would... Subs- I mean, I subscribe to Marvel and DC all the time, but that would be my most read, like, Well, you know what, app by, you know what you mile, need is like what CBH having. has been recommending for a billion years, which is Hoopla. Hoopla has all yeah. the image oh, books no, I, the day I they come Hoopla. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. That's what I use to like read comics. Gotta yeah, use like your library modern, apps. Modern comics, yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, I don't think know, they could would... do that because of the creator rights. Yeah. Um I think well, that would I don't good. know, because I mean Marvel Marvel still has to pay money when they sell books and Yeah, but like in like, the way that Spotify pays money to artists, right? Like they're Marvel right, yeah, is not yes. making a yeah, bunch of They would of have money to come here. up with the I don't know what the exact figures are, but I'm certain people aren't getting rich off of it. Uh, Speaking of getting rich off stuff, it's holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or stocking stuffer? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Zach, have you ever had a stocking stuffer competition? Like like competing with yeah. your family for like who has the best stocking stuffer? I my family's not that competitive. How are you? Yeah, at the end of every like pre- when we're done opening presents and you know taking all our presents out of the stocking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we then have to have like a a voting panel on each present. <laughs> uh, and at, and at the end, uh, whoever wins is voted the king of Christmas. The king. Oh, exciting! Have you ever been? Have you ever been crowned? No. no. <laughs> now what? <laughs> Not that big a family either. That's amazing. Just the king gets the attendant at the end. Uh, uh, 
good. <laughs> Speaking of not getting guillotined, you, Manscaped wait, wait, wait. is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. Almost. Get 20% off <laughs> plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code MY. My. Use code MY. You get 20% off free shipping, and you're going to help out the My Marvelous Year podcast. Uh, that will help us out a great deal. Yeah, specifically, uh, just this month, using that code to buy some presents for somebody is the. Uh, this is our period where we need to uh, to push that code and push uh, <laughs> Manscaped out to our listeners. So, like, if if you're on the fence about it, now's the time to do it. If you really want to help out the pod, do it. Do uh, it in December also- or early January 2021, and you will help out the My yep. this Year pod. Yeah, yeah. That really is help. our window. Again, you use code MY. You get 20 percent off and free shipping at Manscaped.com, and you can, uh, you know. Get whatever it is you need. A nice nose hair trimmer, some nice shampoo for the nethers. Uh, there's there's great stuff. Yeah, real real recommendations. The uh, the lawnmower, which is their like I think flagship trimmer, the lawnmower 4.0 is very good. It's a, a very like good functional trimmer that uh, does a good job not giving you any razor burn, no uh, no pulled hairs. Uh, and then we just got some of their shampoo and their body wash, which I initially was like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, this smells good. It, uh, it, you know, it's good body wash and shampoo. But I'm like, why would you buy it online? Get a subscription to it. I think that's actually very helpful is, um, or like a useful service is you can subscribe like every month, every two months, every three months. Get a subscription for someone to get a bottle of this every three months. Uh, and uh, I think it's like $12 before the code. I think that's uh, that's pretty nice. And that way you don't just don't have to worry about it. It just shows up at your door and... Yeah, it's awesome. Manscaped.com with code MY. 20% off and free shipping. Thanks for listening. Now, back to the show. Let's do round robin favorite albums. Let's do favorite three albums of the year of 2021. Okay, so (laughs) um, I have only one thing for favorite album, and uh, it's TikTok. Because oh I, I go to hell. The, she said she was app? gonna like kill me. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't listen to albums that much, like from beginning to end. Um, that's that, there's a handful of artists maybe I will listen to albums, but I don't, I don't necessarily like keep up with when new albums come out or stuff like that. Like I love Fall Out Boy, okay. and I think I have yet to listen to the entirety of their last album, even though it's like three years old at this point. Um, but like, I really got into TikTok this year and like most of the songs I've discovered this year come from TikTok or like I've discovered via TikTok. Um, so yeah, if I'm being honest, my main source of music this year was TikTok and that's how I discovered like a lot of, uh, different artists and uh, songs I listen to on the daily. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm on TikTok a lot also, but it is funny that stop, like, stop trying knowing- to be a comparable zoomer. <laughs> It is, it is funny how much, like, I don't discover new music through TikTok, right? But, like, and, or at all, really. I don't go, like, track down stuff from TikTok. But it's funny to me listening to, like, um, like there are Reba McIntyre songs that are really popular on TikTok because mm-hmm. they become memes, like the I'm a Survivor. That's a sure. Reba, it's Reba McIntyre, right? It's not Dolly Parton. I think it's Reba McIntyre. Um, new new trivia like, segment that we're going to introduce here is Reba or Dolly. <laughs> we have to guess <laughs> which song it is. Or, or I don't like think any remember, of us are going to do well. Remember yeah. Walking in the Sand by the Shangri-Las is like a huge TikTok song. So it is really funny to me that these like, you know, old songs, that song's from the 60s. And that song rules, right? So like just the idea that like Walking in the Sand is going to become 
a hit with Zoomers and they're going to go back and discover the Shangri-Las yeah. Yeah. Uh, is like, is very funny. So um, uh, it's yeah, very it's funny to me that Charlotte picked TikTok. As her <laughs> yeah, she, she said ahead of that time said, that it's going to drive me nuts. It. That is so Zoomer. Oh <laughs> I was God. scratching my head like to, to really find albums and like there were, okay, so no, yeah, I, I maybe have one good answer and it's the musical Six, which is a British musical about the six wives of uh, Henry VIII, I think. Uh, if I have the okay. the, the right mm-hmm. number, yeah, it's interesting. And it's like each uh, each uh, each queen uh, singing like her story and how she she became queen and her story with uh, with the king, and it's a it's a very good uh, very good musical. With uh, each uh, queen has a different musical style inspired by a different uh, famous uh, singer. Like one is basically Ariana Grande, one is basically Adele. Like the, and that's a it's a it's a very good musical. And that's I think the the <laughs> History, main album of greatest singers. To. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. cool. That, that Zach, Zach. For for the love of two old men, hit me with some <laughs> actual albums, please. <laughs> um, the, okay, so you're, this is gonna actually. I don't know if this will resonate more with Charlotte than it will Dave. Uh, go ahead. Uh, is uh the I I listen to a ton of Silk Sonic, which is the Bruno Mars Anderson Pac uh, okay. like super duo. Okay. They uh, uh oh no wait wait that's not the one for Charlotte. Sorry, I mixed these up. Uh, I love this, Anderson this, Pac. This, is, for, best, this uh, is the one for best Dave. live festival concert I've ever seen. Really, you saw him live? Oh, I love. I'm. I, I'm like such a big Anderson Pac fan. I'm obsessed with that guy's stuff. Like I listened his last album. Uh, can't remember what it's called, but uh, the instrumental version of that of uh, what is it? Ventura. I listen to that all the time. Oh, but anyway, the okay. uh, the new collaboration, an evening with Silk Sonic. It's Bruno Mars, Anderson Pac. Incredible, really good stuff. Uh, also, you've probably heard it on TikTok, <laughs> Charlotte, because oh, uh, one of their songs is becoming very popular on TikTok. Okay. Um, and then the one, the one for Charlotte uh, that I mix these up is my- Minecraft got a new update this year. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah! And uh, and I have not played it because I don't really play Minecraft that much. Um, just every like six years, I get into Minecraft for like a month and play a bunch of it. But they got a caves and cliffs update. You know, I guess <laughs> fourteen years in Minecraft was like, what if we have caves uh, or cliffs? Let- let's do that. <laughs> um, but the soundtrack. To that is by Lena Rain, who's uh, a trans woman who does like incredible video game soundtrack work. Uh, notably, Celeste, which is like one of my favorite video game soundtracks. I listen to that all the time, and she got to do the soundtrack for the Caves and Cliffs update, and I listen to that a lot this year, uh, and it's really good stuff. Okay, that's my, that's goofy, but that's a really good rec. Uh, I don't yeah, know. It's re- it's a really it's incredible. I mean it's good like soundtrack background stuff. Yeah, yeah she's she's incredible. Her her work and she keeps at like Celeste keeps getting DLC. And she keeps like getting to come back and write new like EPs for uh, Celeste and like what's the, what's the artist's name? Uh, Lena Rain. Lena Rain. All right, I'm definitely checking this out. Yeah. All right, cool. Also, that, Zach, and then, I want to uh, make sure that, so, that you know that Minecraft already had caves and cliffs. They just made them better. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Somehow they had never had a cave before. Yeah. No, I just I, thought I it was really Zoom funny that they were like, to we're gonna make. <laughs> yeah caves it, it is funny to me that it took that like they they update so slowly and so like i mean they're they're just cautious enough minecraft they, what's they your add. what's your third yeah oh uh in the third one is in true zach form it's not 2021 i just listened to a lot of john prine this year because he died last year of covid yeah his last album was excellent and uh, i've just been getting to his whole discography really funny really touching lyrics kind of like feels like a much more accessible bob dylan to me yeah <laughs> like yeah yeah like very very similar in style like doesn't have a great voice kind of has this like nasally uh speak sing style to him but like his whole uh his whole career is so good his uh <laughs> my favorite song 
uh, favorite line from his song that just made me crack up every time I heard it. I think it's the first song on his first self-titled album. He talks about like waking up and he's just like absolutely dejected and life's just not going his own way. And the first line is uh, something like, uh, a bowl of oatmeal tried to stare me down and it won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a great, really great so lyricist. Go, go great check rack. out John All Brine. Right. Cool, cool. All right, my top three albums in order. One, yes, Tyler the Creator, Call Me If You Get Lost. Love, Ooh, love, fun. love this record. I've been blown away with Tyler the Creator the last, I don't know, three, four years. I was not Since an Flower Our Boy, Future right? guy. I was yeah. not into yeah. this. Uh, but Tyler has has developed into this is a bad comp but it's just my frame of reference like he's the new kanye right like every album is fantastic and special and uh in exactly what i'm looking for and this year was was no exception so that's my favorite number two did you see dave just before you, well you're still on tyler do you see the clip of him uh talking like to an audience where he's like i think like my head's getting too big like my ego's out of control can everyone just boo me for like 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> No, and him standing on stage like looking dejected or something while the whole audience like boos at him yeah yeah that's <laughs> really that, funny that sounds right yeah. that checks out yep. uh second is genesis awusu uh smiling with no teeth this is a love it's like this really cool blend of rock and rap and and funk and it's kind of got some of the energy of like death grips first album um before they became very unlistenable in my view um and it's just uh <laughs> yeah. it's awesome it's awesome i love 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 this from genesis so definitely check that album out and third is turnstile glow on this is just hard energetic punk rock uh i probably like listening to this genre more than just about anything and this album more or less doesn't miss uh, it's just a blast of of punk rock energy so turnstile glow on is number three uh if you want to cool. see my full list I don't know. Check out my Spotify somehow, and uh, I rank literally everything I listen to, and it's insane. <laughs> I see. I see Dave's fun. like playlist pop up on Spotify all the time. Pretty- all right. So um, we have a question here from Old Crutz Kringle. I don't actually know who this is in the Slack. Uh, Kurt, we got some Christmas Kurt. Names going. I, yeah, I, th- there's a thing in the Slack where people's names become more and more undecipherable over the <laughs> the years, including then we get to Christmas and everyone gets a Christmas name, and then it gets. Yeah, really, really tough. It's, it's it's something I combat all the time in the Slack. It's like, it, it sounds <laughs> what, like what not you mean successfully. Your name's sounds like the battle is has yeah. been lost. Um, which yeah, generally I'm fine with. So the question from Kurt here is: How are you all holding up with this endeavor? Are you enjoying yourselves, or is it becoming a slog? Mm. So, Charlotte, I don't think. That, hopefully, this doesn't yeah. apply to you because you haven't been doing it nearly as long. Yeah. If um, it was already a slog I will at this say there'd be a problem. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I will say that I am I am doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, I I found new energy. I found new life. Um, part of that is is definitely adding Charlotte. Part of that is taking breaks. Um, I I my biggest my biggest miss is uh I there's just such such a part of me that wishes I had been doing the podcast the first time I read through the My Marvelous Year Club when I put it together because mm-hmm. I had so much more excitement and energy <laughs> around new stuff I was reading. Like, like for example, like, you know, when I do the X-Men stuff on, on CBH YouTube, like Inferno number three just came out. It's a really exciting issue in X-Men. I'm so hyped about it. And I get to talk about it in that state of just figuring out what this means and what the potential is and how much I enjoyed that experience. And I feel like I don't get to share that <laughs> with this with this audience in the podcast forum because I've already had that experience. Everything is past. Mm-hmm. It's all history. Um, so I just kind of miss that it's not coming across that way, you know? Um, 
but otherwise, like, like it's actually, I would say it's actually less of a slog than it's been at times. I think we found a real groove. I think we're really, frankly, quite good at going through this together, and I think we have a great team doing it. Yeah, and to, to reiterate what you said, Charlotte's, like, addition, like, it, it's nice to have her on the show, and it gives more, like, life to the, the show, I think, but if for nothing else, just having the release valve of, like, oh, if you just can't do this episode, or if you're looking at that and just being like, I can't read these comics, like, being like, well, the other two will handle it, is uh, is very so that's been really useful. Uh, f- I mean, for me, like, it depends, you know, it's a very week-by-week thing. There are definitely, like, homework weeks, and then there are the weeks where I look and I'm like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, we've got some, you know, Starlin coming up, we've got some Daredevil coming up, and then there's the weeks where I'm like, another X-Men event, you know? And, like... <laughs> which, uh, which is, for many readers, what you're going to be excited about, but for you is not. Yeah, and you know what the thing is? Like, I actually have been okay with a lot of the X-Men events, and I'm trying to, you know, like, I, I think, like, Executioner Song, I... I kind of enjoyed and uh i don't remember the last one before that but the extinction agenda i think i think extinction okay. agenda is the roughest is that, i actually think they're all the rough one? Okay. a lot more interesting i mean at least fun <laughs> even if they're not good. that's also the thing is they as soon as we're done talking about them they immediately you know like drift out of my brain i constantly um, get extinction agenda and executioner song wrong uh yeah, when same. i'm yeah. describing what they are well, even because though they're very different yeah, because I remember when we're reading them, we're like, what? oh, at the very end, we're like, what? oh, so why were they named that? Because that had nothing to do with the event. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, it's not like the event cues you in on what happens. Anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a mix, you know, like when, when we read something like Marvels, I'm excited. But, you know, there's even stuff like we're going to read Deadpool and Gambit soon. And like, no, I don't think I'm going to love those comics, but I'm still curious. And I'm curious to talk about it. I'm curious to see like what that is. So like very rarely in am, I, am I just miserable reading the the comics and uh you know and i try to make it like wait till episode comics, three really... of age of apocalypse <laughs> that <I'm making> <laughs> yeah sure but you know e- even when it is like here's a this is i think a really bad x-men event that i think is you know the, the height of 90s comics marvel comics um you know still try to make it an exercise and like good criticism you know and that that keeps it engaging so so, so uh, that ties into yeah. a question a really good question we had here from justin which is having covered you know, the late 80s and the early 90s in 2021, what are the most notable modernizations in storytelling that stand out during this period in comics? Charlotte, let's start with you. What do you, and and he asks specifically, what story or stories subverted classic comic tropes in a way that felt fresh? Are we getting that in the late 80s, early 90s? Charlotte, what do you think? I don't know. I didn't really have any examples of uh, stuff subverting uh, really any tropes like not, none that I could think of um, but the, the two biggest examples of uh, stuff like that felt uh, a jump into modern stuff were like I mean Marvels which uh, people listening uh, won't have um, listened to that yet and uh, Marvels the, was one for me for sure yeah and uh, and the Jim Stalin stuff once again like that's that feels like a the beginning of the modern era of of events, but also like of comic book uh, superhero storytelling. I think like there's uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it will be defined by those um, that trilogy of events. Hmm. Zach, do you do you yeah, have any it, modernizations tough. or subversions you think the '90s bring that that kind of stand the test of time? '90s. Um. Well, what we've read. No, so I, yeah, because I like when I when I look at it, like I think Thanos Quest starts bringing in like I I feel like you can see future sci-fi like image sci-fi stuff in thanos quest Mm. right like um you know just like big world building that's ambitious and is kind of detethered from like um 
necessarily from like superhero concerns in like traditional story tropes, right? Like rooting for a villain, kind of having like the the villain is the focus there, and you're you're kind of on his side despite his end goals, right? It does that. Uh, but no, like besides that, um, like I'd have to go back to Miller's like graphic novel stuff to really think about like subversive stuff that pushes the genre forward and like. When I see how it was influencing superhero comics, I don't see that. So, like, Love and War is one of the bigger examples, which is, like, make the superhero not the hero, make Kingpin the hero, <laughs> right? And, like, really explore, like, like take a superhero that um, has some issues and then, like, really bring them to the forefront in an interesting way, right? Like, yeah. really highlight the, in- like, the, the a kind of like an Alan Moore Watchmen thing, which is, like, yeah, if you think about it, uh, this is pretty messed up. <laughs> Right. Right. And then actually try to like tease that out in an interesting way, Um, which is something that comics will do a lot of in the future, you know, like skewering superheroes, but not something we're seeing a lot of here. Um, Because even when like Ant-Man hits his wife, it's still just kind of like one bad day for Ant-Man. And like, ultimately, he'll still be like, he's just a hero with some problems. He's still a hero. Oh, I don't. Um, I don't agree with that assessment. But I I I hear what you're saying generally. Um, Yeah. So I I think. No, I mean, nothing, nothing that really has been challenging for a while. Yeah, I, I I think in terms of story, it's not very subversive at all. I mean, I think in terms of the impact, you know, that's obviously artistically and like aesthetically, that's going to continue to shape the decade and it's definitely going to influence into the 2000s, right? And just sort of mm. the increasing sexualization and violence of how Marvel comics look. You know, I think that 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 influence will progress. I mean, I think in terms of story, in terms of being subversive, and I actually think stories are pretty regressive as a whole through the 90s. You know, it's actually probably getting back to the 70s. I think the 80s were more progressive and subversive, you know, where you have a Frank Miller Daredevil, where you have, you know, Justin mentioned Squadron Supreme, which is something that actually looks at this and investigate it. I mean, Charlotte's first reference, which is going to be the first episode of 2022, Marvels, is the best example of this, frankly, for the entire decade, which is Busey and Ross, you know, saying, hey, what if we looked at this from civilians perspective and what this world is like that is hugely influential uh on on comics to come but i mean you know i I think some other ones probably that we don't talk about as much would be like like the nascenti daredevil like i talked about that is definitely something that says hey we can do a totally different look at this character that just got frank millerized you know um i i would say uh dwayne mcduffie's stuff across damage control and um and even like deathlock but mostly damage control like the goofiness, the comedy, the, again, in a Busiak and Ross Marvel's kind of way of, like, the non-superpowered players in this world, what are they doing? I think that stuff's actually probably the most notable about where comics can go and what types of stories they can be doing. And frankly, Peter David's whole vibe with X-Factor and Hulk, um, this is something I talked about recently, but it's just, like, there's a there's a willingness to have fun, there's goofiness um, and a willingness to sort of get out of superhero tropes that i think is actually pretty influential on where comics are yeah today. totally yeah the, the like the hangout i mean claremont does it sometime with x-men but claremont like, does a know, ton of hangout stuff he's just not as openly comical i guess or mm-hmm. or you know i don't know if it's not that he's not funny but definitely he's not writing well they, like, hey here's a joke like peter david's pretty and, and about it. Yeah, and it's it's not quite as like like it's still hard to buy the X Men as real people because it's so like even even when they're having like not when they walk problems. around with you inside your head all day every day, Zach. It is not that hard. <laughs> yeah, well, like th- their problems are still so like heightened and melodramatic, right? Like that that it doesn't you know like like it's like thinking of the Riverdale ca- Riverdale characters as real people, right? Like even if it is like 
kind of recognizable human problems. It's still just so, like, in, on an alien wavelength of, like, how they deal with it and, like, the the heightened melodrama. Whereas, like, Peter David's, the characters that he's been writing are, like, you know, the, the issues are guys with, like, somewhat inflated egos getting, like, yeah, shot down more <laughs> by women. Uh, yeah, right, like, being hungover and, you know, finding out that your girlfriend, like, the stuff we were just reading, finding out your girlfriend, you know, uh, did a porn and then talking to her about it and her kind of blowing you off. And then the, like the most, low, right? the like, most shared experience. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. I, I don't know. I mean, getting into sex work is uh, easier and easier these days. So I think that's a, a even more ahead, relatable ahead of its experience time. now. Ahead of its time. Yeah. No, I hear what yeah. you're saying. But, but like, and also, but the, the reaction to that, right? Like I could even see something like that happening in an X-Men comic, but the reaction to it is so mellow where like she, he's, you know, Rick Jones is yelling about it and Marl, Marlo? No, what's her name? Marlo. Um, Marlo yeah. is like, quiet, I have a headache, Rick, please. And then, like, it basically, you know, <laughs> kind of just settles on its own. Oh, no, she sells her soul. Never mind. Forget it. Forget everything I said. <laughs> that is kind yeah. of- she sells her soul <laughs> yeah. to deal with the problem. She literally sells her soul to deal with this stuff. All right, that's enough of that. Yeah. Let, let's get back to some yeah, favorites. Yeah, yeah. Let's get back to some favorites because we were running out of time. Um, yeah. Sure. Okay, rapid fire. Hit me with your favorite movie, TV show, and video game. Charlotte. Okay, so that was very... T- I'm sorry, that was very tough to do because I couldn't for the life of me remember what came out in 2021. Like, it feels like this year was a complete black hole. Uh, so the stuff I came out it could, with... It could just be a with, thing that you watched that was new to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I watched Dune. Dune, Dune was great. Um, and then there was an animated movie called Dune was uh, great. The Mitchells vs. the Machines that was, uh, like, I think by a lot of the same team that did Spider-Verse. And it was a very fun uh, family movie. Um... TV shows, I mean, Loki was my favorite uh, superhero show of the of this year. Uh, Squid Game was great. There's a reason why it's uh, so popular. And I uh, also got into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, yeah. which is some incredible dumb fun. So that's are you great. watching Are you watching the current season, No, Charlotte? I'm not. Because that's up there uh, for me. I'm still at like, part four. I've been, I've been a little cool on JoJo's the last few seasons, yeah. but the current season that just dropped on Netflix, the beginning of it is excellent. Question for you both. Should I yeah. read JoJo's or just start watching? I haven't read it. So I um, it is. I've read the first two like arcs or the books because it's broken into like smaller series. Um, it's a little sloppier in the manga. It's a little looser, but it has kind of a crazier energy in the anime. I don't know. The the anime is it, it, it's mixed. You know, it, it's it's a tough question. I, I think either way is a good direction. Okay, to go. Okay. It, it's easier to get like you can blow through it in the manga because it's uh it's all in the shonen jump app and you know it's yeah. a quick read so yeah. I, I think that's the way that you'll actually watch it rather than like 100 plus episodes one thing i would say about jojo's okay charlotte anything else not something i would have expected before watching it is that it's way more violent than i expected there's some very oh, violent it's super stuff, violent like yeah brutal animal deaths stuff <laughs> yeah. like that so yeah be be careful about that like oh yeah victory warnings yeah. for that for sure um and then favorite video games uh i really got into genshin impact uh for the past two months i think and it's it's very fun uh and uh yeah it's the type of game you you uh like want to to keep up with uh with updates it's like they, they plan of adding one new region which uh, every new region is like almost doubling the the map of the game so that's a, a very fun uh, very fun thing and uh, yeah I, i've been playing that a lot uh yeah uh for movies i uh, i barely watched new stuff this year which is a bummer i watched like 10 movies from 2021 i watched 135 movies <laughs> this year so far and only 10 have been 2021 and a lot of that you was watched like a ton of movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a bummer. but only 10 from 20 2021 is my my point that is um, that is a uh, 
like ten thousand percent more than me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, like I, I think I watched almost as many movies. I watched seven movies from nineteen fifty-eight specifically for some reason. Fifty-eight <laughs> like, doing just, work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, I mean, reiterate Dune. Dune was incredible, and I didn't expect that I'd like it that much. French Dispatch was like Wes Anderson. I also kind of thought I'd be like ho hum on and absolutely loved. Um, where does and, where does that uh, rank in the in the Wes Anderson discography for you? Probably like third behind Grand Budapest and uh, Grand and uh, Royal Tenenbaums. Okay, but like pretty close. Really, really good stuff. That's hype. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Pig, the Nicolas Cage like John Wick subversion film, where his pig gets stolen and he's out for revenge. But like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he's he has a truffle pig and it gets stolen. It's a uh, it's a really beautiful little movie about uh, capitalism. Uh, how it crushes your dreams and uh and works as a subversion of like the john wick-esque uh like revenge thriller Mm -hmm. i guess uh my favorite movies this year that i can recommend to this group uh are not new movies um the works of two movies with mako kaiji the actress the japanese actress in them lady snowblood and female prisoner 701 scorpion uh, which are both exploitation films from the, uh, I think, the 70s. Uh, Female Prisoner is like a, a women in prison uh, film. Both are kind of rape revenge films. So, you know, be aware of that walking into it. Uh, I don't think <clears throat> both take it pretty seriously, despite the like the, the silliness of the like the genre tropes. Um, but both both are really fun. Lady Snowblood is like, if you want to see everything that Tarantino stole for Kill Bill, like it, over and over again, you will see like, oh, he stole that shot. Oh, he stole that piece of music oh he stole that action beat like so much of kill bills lifted directly at us lady snowblood um and then female prisoner 701 scorpion is just like a very fun and i don't know it's hard to call like a rape revenge film fun but it it is pretty fun it's just so well constructed um if you want to get into some like old japanese exploitations i recommend both of those and mako kaiji is just like this incredible presence in the the middle of both those movies. She has this glare that she does through both those movies, and her eyes are just, like, entrancing. So uh, both of those out. I think um, Female Prisoner Scorpion is available to rent on Amazon, and then Lady Snowblood is on HBO Max for streaming. Okie dokie. All right, my my favorite movie of the year was, I mean, more or less N.A. I watched The Harder They Fall recently. Um, Mm, That's a movie that actually came out this year. Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, um... Yeah, I other, to make other people for that. I'm that forgetting good. that yeah. are amazing, uh, and there are so many of them. Um, Crazy oh cast, yeah, yeah, so yeah. many. Um, like Regina King, Jeez Louise, I'm like the you know. Anyway, uh, it's really fun. It's a western. Um, it's I guess based on some some historical true story, but you know, obviously, it's it's a fictionalized rendition of it. Uh, it's a good time. It, I I think the story's muddled, but the vibes and the music and the acting and and the direction of it is is really a blast. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it and had a great time with it that way. And like the, the black Western is like an actual genre that, you know, has been, I I think kind of ignored for a really long time. But like, if you go back to the heyday of Westerns, there's a, there's a real tradition of like black centered Western. Well, and I, and I love, right. And I love here how I, I'm not good with actor and actress names, but the actor who plays, um, the, the Marshall, you know, that's based on, uh, you know, an actual Marshall and that's, it's a, a, a black Marshall, who celebrated like in Watchmen, um, the the HBO version, you know, and calling attention to like, yeah, the fact that these people existed. And these oh, are Delroy Lindo, that, oh, thank he, you, yes, incredible. who's who's yeah. going to be in Blade, which I'm super excited about now. Is um, he? Ah, oh, that's great. He's yeah. He's, we just watched him in Spike Lee's uh, Crooklyn, and he's well, yeah, he's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's such yeah. a great cast, such a good movie. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, 
my favorite TV of the year. So I really had a heck of a time watching Squid Games. I mean, obviously that was a, a phenomenon, and um, it's it's very good in what it is doing and also talking about. Uh, I enjoyed Midnight Mass uh, up until the point where I didn't. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I really always like watching Succession. I, it's just so captivating and, and well done. Succession's incredible, um, yeah. It, it's really kind of a remarkable achievement because you should you should want to spend no time with any of these people, and yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my favorite TV experience of the year, though, remains WandaVision. <laughs> like, like, by far, really? my favorite TV experience remains WandaVision. I just, the That's hype and the mystery around that, it was just... Uh, you know, it sucks because it's going to be really hard to get back to. It's going to be really hard for Marvel and Disney Plus to get back to those first five, six weeks of WandaVision. Um, that was my favorite. It was like it was like that moment. You know, you have these moments, right? House of X and Powers of Ten are coming out, and everyone just kind of congregates around how exciting it is to have something awesome <laughs> and and great in the superhero world and what it could be and the possibility of it. And then, like almost always, the the reality lets down. You know, like like these mm-hmm. visions of what can be are always bigger and grander than what is. Um, but while it while it was happening, it's the best, and and you just have to remember to enjoy that in the experience. So for me, that was that was my favorite TV. My favorite video game is also a Marvel thing, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I had such low expectations for this game. Um, I I really thought it was going to suck because it's I I don't I don't know how. <laughs> video games work but that square enix is involved with avengers and they're also involved with this in some capacity i thought and i just thought like oh it's just okay if it's going to be like avengers and you only get to play a star lord like that's not going to be great because that avengers game i mean i probably played it more than 98 percent of the world and it's just not fantastic you know it's okay um I, I got galaxy a free is, copy of you it. got I a free copy of it. avengers i got a free copy of avengers when i bought my cpu and i still am like i haven't even installed it you said sure the I, there's, like there's stuff that's fun but I think yeah, I think yeah. last year yeah, <laughs> yeah, I still have not. I mean, I probably I probably just won't. Although yeah. that that Guardians game, like you said, if you get a copy of Guardians, yeah. play it because it yeah, is the best. Yeah. It is the best Guardians of the Galaxy story I have, I think, ever experienced. Um, the cool. only comp would be yeah. maybe I like reading the Abnett Landing through Thanos Imperative uh, a little bit more, but probably not. Honestly, like probably not. It is <laughs> such cool. a good story. The narrative is absolutely incredible, um, and it's just fun to play. But honestly, it, you're playing a movie like you're more experiencing a movie than you are playing uh sometimes to its detriment i would say like there's uh, there's a part of me that definitely wishes i could just continue living in that world doing dumb missions that mean nothing because it's it's so kind of thrilling to be a part of that team but the narrative is incredible so uh, truly truly like to the point where and i said this previously i feel bad for guardians of the galaxy 3 i feel bad for that <laughs> movie because i yeah. doubt it can be this good i i really do well uh i mean Damn. the plus side is <laughs> The plus side, the the benefit for them is uh, no one's playing it. So uh, for some reason, Avengers got like people people came out for Avengers and people like played a ton of that game and everyone bought it and played it. And uh, and I'm seeing no one talk about Guardians of the Galaxy except for like game people. Are you basing are, like, that on people on conversation around the game, or do you have like a metric? I'm, here? I'm, I'm basing it a on a ton like, of conversation sa- around it. Sales, right? Like I mean, the sales I don't think are doing particularly well. It's dropping down to like twenty five dollars sales within like a month of coming out. It's yeah, the fact really that it had a sale sign. already, I thought was was not a good sign. Yeah. Um, I mean, Avengers did the same thing because Avengers didn't sell like quite as much as they uh, they needed it. I mean, I've seen I've seen well, it, regardless, it's critically acclaimed <laughs> then if yeah. it's not selling well. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. everybody's yeah. loving it. They, oh, it um, totally is. It's really it is critically acclaimed. In to like yeah. the Spider Man PS4 game because like the way you talk about it, it sounds like it's as good, yeah, but yeah. better than Spider Man. I think it's a better story than Spider Man PS4, which okay. I loved. Um, 
It's a it's actually a better story. It's not as fun to play um, because Spider-Man PS4, you can do your own thing more. Yeah. I mean, like the, the the one downside of Guardians, which is actually something I like in games. Like I like the one player story mode experience. That's what I game mm-hmm. for essentially. Yeah. Um, but that's absolutely all you can do in this. Like there is n- very limited exploration or going off the beaten path. Um, it, it, in some ways, like like I think the re- the value of a replay is you can make decisions that will change the story genuinely um so like the decisions you make will actually shift things so you could see okay how would the story play out differently if i did this blah 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 um but in uh spider-man is is more fun to play but i don't think it's nearly spider-man's a really good video game story uh guardians of the galaxy is like oh if this had been the movie i would have loved this movie um and and it's it's so they just they the way they take the history and the lore of Starlin's cosmic and Annihilation era cosmic, but then also the Gunverse of the MCU, and blend that into a world where Guardians already exist and all these things have happened. It's it's so thrilling, and it's it's so much more of what I want to see the MCU try, but they will not because they have to do their origins and get their mileage out of that. Um, okay, like I could go on about this game for a really long time, like and all the things I love. Yeah, it's, I it's I, I gotta check it out. It, it looks it looks. Lovely. Uh, I, I have a game. Uh, Inscription was the game I probably played the most of from this year. This year, uh, it is a deck building card game, like a roguelike card game, mixed with like there, there's a a lot more going. It's got this creepy style where you're stuck in a cabin with a uh, mysterious dungeon master running a card game for you, who's like shrouded in darkness, who wears these different masks to play. Like when he plays the different bosses, he puts on different masks. It's incredibly creepy. The aesthetic is. Like, just go check out a YouTube video of this. The aesthetic is incredible. Um, it's also, despite this really nasty, dark, grimy style um, of you being, like, literally trapped in this cabin. It's got, like like I said, kind of like a puzzle escape room vibe to it mixed with the, the deck building card game thing. Um, it's really nasty. So, like, the, the way you measure points in it are uh, teeth are put on a a, um, a scale to uh you know when you get points like the, these te- loose teeth are put there and you can pull out an own, one of your own teeth as a uh to give yourself a boost or maybe an eyeball if uh to give yourself an extra boost uh it, it's it's really nasty and yeah it's really nasty and dark but also it's a really good gentle friendly introduction into the deck building genre which is one that i'm really getting into with like monster train and slay the spire uh, the uh, the other two big hitters of the last couple years, but I think Inscription is the best out of those three of like gently getting you into the genre. So I would start with Inscription, um, and uh, I think that's a big recommendation for me uh, for TV. Oh, and Outer Wilds, which is like one of my favorite top three games of all time, got a DLC this year that is like basically another entire game hidden within it, which is just like so generous and so big. <laughs> it, it's like another twelve hours of Outer Wilds. That's a totally separate new thing and is like blowing my mind playing through that. I'm uh, I'm just absolutely amazed by that game and how like generous they are with putting out more of it. Um, and then for TV, uh, kind of same things you guys said. Squid Game was good um, and, and better than I kind of expected given Netflix. Netflix kind of Netflix good often means like a six out of ten in the real world to me. <laughs> but this was not Netflix produced. They just uh, bought and distributed it. It was actually very good i think um but i'll say dora hidoro is a anime that i got into this year on netflix it's a netflix anime really incredible charlotte have you seen this no not yet the the tagline is that it's this like grimy post-apocalyptic thing with a main character who's got an alligator head and he's looking for somebody who turned him into an alligator 
and he bites on people's heads and shoves their heads down their his throat and then inside his throat is a man who pops up to tell the people that he's biting whether or not they're the right one who turned him into an alligator um it's it's really hyper violent but like for comedic effect it's the the aesthetic is really charming but what i was surprised by is that it's actually like very sweet and charming and you get invested in the characters and their relationships so by the third episode when people are in peril i'm mostly concerned because i don't want people to lose their best friends <laughs> like you get invested in the relationships which is funny because the show is just so blasé about extreme violence um for it also to have this like real heart at the core is uh is a real miracle of like tone balancing so doro hidoro it's on netflix there's only like 12 episodes of it and i would highly recommend cool cool all right i want to do yeah. two slack questions uh, okay. before we'll we call, call it here yeah. i got one sure. from justin uh we, we answered one justin question but he has a specific my marvelous year patreon question okay so at oh, the 15 dollar okay. patreon tier if you bump up to that for as long as you see fit uh one of the perks mm-hmm. you get is you can pick an issue to add to the my marvelous year club list okay mm-hmm. and um once verified which it always is we'll add it to the list now typically what this has meant is individuals add them to the upcoming years right so if you wanted to bump up to this tier and add an issue for us to add to the official reading list which again you can find in the show notes and you know all the places you can find it um we'll add it and then we'll just cover it as we go right for 1994 justin's asking if you wanted to add one for an old issue for a previous year how would we do that okay so number one i think you can do that and i think number two what we'll do is if you're like hey i want to add an issue for 1984 um Mm -hmm. Go ahead, let us know. We'll check it out, and mm-hmm. probably we'll just we'll just talk about it on the upcoming episode. Okay. He asked if we're going to do like, would we do a fill-in episode of older issues? No, I don't think we'll do that. But I think what we would do is just like, all right, if in 1994 part three we had a little space, we'll just add your 1984 comic and talk about it and and say it's from the the Patreon tier, and then it'll be added to the list for all the future readers who are catching up, right? Because lots of people are in different places reading sure. through the years and through the decades. Um, so I think just go ahead and submit and we'll just add it and cover it as we go. Cause I don't think we're going to have time to like go back or just do old issues. I, I would say try to avoid that though. You know, unless, unless you're just like, man, like this is something that I cannot, you know, I really need them to talk about. I'm, I'm so into it. Uh, I kind of try to avoid it just because like, we, we don't want to always just be jumping back unless I, I don't like, think it's going to happen so often, mirror. but I do agree. No, with I, you I don't think new so stuff either. is better. You know, um, yeah. if you can align it with where we are, that's that works better for us. Uh, and I think it's just well, or, for the well, club. and we can be flexible. Like we have someone who was backing at the $15 a year for like $15 tier for about a year, I think. And then thank he you. approached and was like, yeah, Eric H. Thank you. He's been a longtime Patreon backer and then was like, hey, I haven't had anything yet. Can I add some more, like, a longer run? Because we usually do one per year. And uh, <laughs> so in the year 2000, you might see, Dave, on the list added, uh, Eric H. has added basically five issues of Iron Man. <laughs> from that. <laughs> but it's because he gave us, like, fi- you know, it, it is not a one-to-one. It's kind of a conversation between us. But, you know, we're, we're pretty... I, uh, that's great, about, though. Like, that's great. Because, like, if you can go... Yeah, the yeah. further ahead, honestly, you go, the, the more it just defines... It, it mm-hmm. makes it easier for me when I'm redefining yeah. what the list is going to be, especially as we get into the 2000s, um, yeah. because those aren't broken up nearly as, as neatly and as tidily yet. So, okay, cool. So I think that answers the semantics there. Uh, and then the final mm-hmm. question I want to answer was a question from Peter. And Polar Pete asks, you're making a Marvel Christmas Carol. Which characters do you cast for... Or no, no, let's do this one. You're making My Marvelous Christmas Carol. Which club members mm-hmm. do you cast for which roles? Charlotte, <laughs> let's start with you. 
Oh my god. Um, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, do you know? I don't. Do, do you okay. ha- do you have the Christmas a Christmas carol in France, Charlotte? I mean, it's, it's do they do they carol in France? What do you what do you call it there? Do you know? Do you know that it's Christmas time at all? In <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm 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 starting to. Or are you just Halloween a bunch of godless atheists? So this is Christmas. So maybe I'm missing. You know what sucks about that song is that, that the, like I was listening to. Uh, Do they know it's Christmas time on the radio yesterday when I was driving home from the grocery store? Mm-hmm. And like the bad thing about this song is it's the most like clear cut like yeah this is Empire right you know the most like we need to inform the world of you know yeah. uh, Western traditions and like push that on people. It's insane. It's insane how tone deaf that is. Insane how time, insane how necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at the same time that song kind of rules and like it's just it's a it's a so catchy it's so catchy you know what else uh, is so catchy know. and this is not the question s- here what is your okay let, let's rapid fire kelly clarkson's underneath the tree is the absolute goat of christmas playlists right now i feel like christmas radio yeah, has not accepted that kelly clarkson has taken the crown from mariah carey and frankly it's mm-hmm. upsetting it's just it's just upsetting um, that they will not acknowledge Kelly Clarkson's crown. But that song is absolutely my fave right now. Uh, I, I have a Christmas a Christmas hot take. I guess apparently this is a hot take. Paul McCartney's uh, what is it? Christmas time or a wonderful Christmas time? Is that yeah, the yeah. Name of the song One is? of the worst. <laughs> of I think that song rules, and apparently that's like a really hot take. Is people hate that song? Yeah, yeah. It's same. kind of like saying that you like since past, where people are like. No, you're insane, and people just la- point at you and laugh when you say that. I think I think it's Rose- it's too repetitive and it's very obnoxious. I, I do not like. I love oh, Sir it, Paul. It, love Sir I get Paul. On, I get on the vibe with that. No, my favorite. No, it's good. Uh, Ro- Rose Christmas hates Christmas is, music uh, overall, but she Nightmare, is with from that Nightmare one. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get out of here. Get out of here. Great with that pick. kind of humbug. We don't Great need that. Pick. Man, you should see Charlotte's decorations every Christmas because it's just piles of bones. She's got vampire fangs laying all over the house, just these big I mean, fake sets of teeth. You're it joking, is incredible. But I, I can stare at like seven different bats on my wall from here. <laughs> oh my god, ridiculous. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. All right, Charlotte, we've given you some some time here. My marvelous Christmas Carol. Well, well let's let's just break this in. Who's the Ebenezer Scrooge? Zach. Um, it's I've, me. I mean, it's right. Yeah. I'm, oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm one of the grumpiest in the slack. Sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm the main character. I'm a little the, grumpy. The ghosts, uh... <laughs> okay. So Christmas. Which one needs to be young? Which the ghost young? of um. So you have the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost uh, yeah. of young? Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. I don't think any of them are young, right? Like well, the ghost of Christmas now. past, um, in the Ducktales. Uh, recent <laughs> rendition of this was kind of like a, a cute young yes. cricket. Wait, Charlotte, is that your? That's not your only like cultural touch point for Christmas Carol, is it? No, I, uh, is I mean, I've seen the Jim Carrey movie. Oh my god, Jim Carrey. Uh, mine mine is Muppets? definitely the Muppets. Muppets Christmas the Muppets Carol? Christmas Carol is my favorite Christmas. I still movie. haven't seen the Muppets. Mine was the Patrick Stewart version. Oh my god, Charlotte's is inc- it's incredible. I only I, watched it for the first time two Christmases ago, and it like blew me away it's so good it's like it's so funny it's so funny and it like the comedy funny. is yeah the, the comedy has like not dated at all like yeah it's, it's um i don't know are we gonna have who's, okay who's so i had ghost? i had zach as scrooge i think i'm bob cratchit 
right? Just mm-hmm. like just like okay. trying to get Scrooge to like like this Claremont comic, right? I'm just like I'm like <laughs> really trying, yes. and he's just constantly <laughs> turning me down, and it's bumming me out. But I go home to my family where I'm thrilled to see Tiny Charlotte. Okay, we got we got Charlotte <laughs> as Tiny Tim, <laughs> just a big heart, right? Everybody loves Tiny Tim. Uh, you gotta love it. I think for the ghosts, for the ghosts of Christmas Past, right now. I'm going to go Ghost of Christmas Pass is Kesh All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth is their Slack <laughs> name. Um, mm-hmm. This is uh, always doing like past takes on, as they read through like all Marvel comics, you know, like they're still in the mm-hmm. 70s. So they've been going through the Warlock stuff. The Ghost of Christmas Present is definitely going to be. Um, ooh, that's I hard. I, I, I think that's Yo- Johannes or Dustin are oh. both the like. I was going to say uh, Dustin like- because he's up on clandestine and that just feels of the now. Right? He's he's one of the most like I'm reading exactly what's happening in the club and commenting on it. Uh as well as Johannes who writes reading lists for like, hey, I read every Infinity War. Yeah, <laughs> which rules. And, which uh, rules. I mean, great yeah, part yeah. of the great part say, of the slack. I'd vote for Matt because he loves to make you feel like a boomer. So I is think he, that fits. No, he's the ghost of Christmas future because he's just like the future uh is doesn't have you in it, you'll be dead. <laughs> because you're thirty four okay, yeah, and uh fair. basically you're dead already. That's fair. <laughs> So like, he's the one who's constantly yeah, like pointing at my gravestone that's, and that's being good. like, <laughs> he's like any day now you're 34. You might as well just like climb in your grave. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The grim reaper, the ghost of Christmas future yeah. is Matt. Congratulations. Okay. So that's our, my marvelous year Christmas Carol. I think it's going to be really good. I think everybody should tune in this year. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a great show. going to be a really, really great show. Uh, <laughs> all right. Do we Makes want sense. to any, any final 2021 wrecks uh or just things that you're like i experienced this year and it was awesome for me isaac asimov's foundation trilogy read those books for the first time as i got hard into sci-fi and boy howdy did i love them boy howdy did i love them (laughs) it was so fun uh that was that was thrilling and uh and i can't believe i haven't read any asimov until now now i'm reading all of it what do you guys got Ooh, podcast uh i really i mean i listened to a, a ton of podcasts but the one that this year got was really exciting and something I've been like waiting for in a podcast for a really long time that hasn't existed really is Bandsplain. It's a Spotify podcast. Yeah, yeah. Which I usually don't listen to. But it's uh it's like usually a two to four hour podcast of someone being like, Hey, let's talk about uh I don't know, uh REM or Insane Clown Posse or U two or whatever. A band that like people get really into. And then, like, discussing their entire career. And since it's a Spotify podcast, if you have Spotify, they can intersperse it with full songs. So they'll be like, you know, cut to let's talk about this part of their career. Let's listen to this full song. Talk about their career. Listen to a full song. So it's a great way of like, hey, you know, I've always been curious about the Cocteau Twins. And I listened to that episode and I've been listening to a ton of Cocteau Twins this year. And it like, it's a nice introduction into bands that you're just like, God, they have like 17 albums. Like, where do I even start with them? Hmm um it's really fun the the host is very like fun and charismatic and curious about stuff and even when it's like music like insane clown posse episode is a ton of fun it's like that didn't get me into the insane clown posse but like it's fun to hear about them and kind of get a little music history and and to even hear their music like get a sampling so um yeah i definitely recommend checking out and you can kind of just jump around to artists that you uh, i think what i'm going to do to experience new artists is i'm just going to download tiktok i'm just going to bite the bullet <laughs> and download tiktok and uh and for charlotte's rec i will make a a comic book herald tiktok account because clearly that is the place to be it's a it's a music. it's a good so it's my favorite social media app because you can really easily keep 
like politics out of it <laughs> you know he doesn't yeah. have the twitter thing where you can s- twitter just slowly creeps into like this hellscape of like right even oh if god you didn't it's want just it. a constant stream of misery my my tiktok is so finely tuned to just be like cute cats cute comedy sketches cute babies doing funny things and uh and then like hobby videos of like woodworking and cooking and that's yeah. like my entire tiktok that's it <laughs> sweet charlotte any final recs that you want to make sure you get out um, there. Any, I guess you could go with Zach and do podcasts. If yeah, you like. that's what I was thinking. Uh, I listened to. I mean, the Magnus Archives just ended this year. It's a horror podcast, mm, uh, yeah, like um, anthology horror. That's very very good. Uh, like there's 200 episodes mm-hmm. uh, total, I think. Uh, yeah, it's a big recommendation for me. And then, uh, I mean, it's not from this year, and I've been listening to it for like a year and a half, something like that. Uh, Root Tales of Magic, it's a D&D podcast that's still very, very fun. So that's also a big recommendation. I wish you had said Neo Scum so that we could Neo Scum is great together, too, Charlotte. but I, yeah. I slightly prefer Root Tales of Magic, but Neo Scum is great too. Yeah, Root, Root Tales is very good. Yeah. Uh, Magnus Archives is excellent, and yeah. like the first episode is all you need to get hooked. The um, the first episode is one of the spookiest. So yeah. like, listen after dark. Nope. You know, and it's, oh, it's so good and spooky. Actually, that you know what? I'm joking, thing, but I'm gonna have so I'm gonna good. have to throw that I'm gonna have to throw that joke in the garbage because uh, I watched Midnight Mass this year, so I'm I'm okay with spooky now. I oh, do, you are now. I do lots of spooky now being because scared, I watched. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched one horror show. Um, okay, uh, I've listened to no new podcast this year. Like, I don't think I've added a single new podcast to my rotation. Um, honestly, the only thing I listen to is episodes that I'm not on of my Marvel this year when it's just Zach and Charlotte because I like to hear what <laughs> yeah. what you all are talking about. Um, so it's, I have the, the most boring podcast recs of all time. Oh, I I have one, I have one more podcast if you, if you don't, uh, from the Slack, someone recommended this in the Slack, uh, Dave Coleman in our Slack has recommended this a ton and I finally got around to checking it out. It's called the evolution of horror and it's like a movie club podcast, but it picks genres of horror movies like slasher or zombie or ghost and then watches like 15 to 30 films in that genre, like starting at the beginnings of that, you know, the movement uh, and like watching through the whole history and like really well-spoken host, really interesting hosts. And like right from the start, like the first episode is excellent. So you don't have like a, a there's no uncomfortable period where they get their feet under them like Marvel this year. They hit the ground running. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, if you're interested in horror, I, I plan on like, I'm not going to try to catch up because I'm pretty far behind, but like it's kind of an evergreen podcast. So I'm just going to slowly like be watching those movies and listening along and yeah. lots of interesting, you can find the lists of what they're watching all on Letterboxd. So if you go on Letterboxd, which is like a little social media for movie, you can find uh, the list for each season that they do uh, jump in, but it's, cool it's very good. And I'm, I'm getting really cool buns. You know, you know what I have actually done this year uh, is yeah, I replaced podcasts. Oh, with uh, oh, my- I, re- I realize I replace uh, podcasts with audiobooks. I'm now a literary scholar. All I do is listen to <laughs> literature, and uh, and frankly, that has did, been. So I would actually, I would actually recommend get rid not... of podcasts. Do not listen to my mother's year anymore. Uh, start listening to literature. Did you did you listen to any books that you, this year that were not sci-fi or fan? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Let's see. I've been doing the whole Asimov thing. I listened to Snow Crash for the first time. Um, I I started to what was it? Oh shoot! I wish I could remember. Uh, oh, the Constitution of Knowledge. The Constitution of Knowledge. It is all about no, like um, like how we process information and kind of in the rise of conspiracy theorists and so much misinformation. How how that happened and why that happens. So the psychology of misinformation that is a field that i'm pretty interested in and it lays it out uh pretty successfully um so yes i'm zach i'm so scholarly i can't even list all the books that no I i'm very i'm very impressed did, 
<laughs> I mean, I'm, I am getting the feeling that you didn't finish that book, but I'm still very <laughs> impressed that you that you started it. Listen, I can only run for like 35 minutes to 40 minutes at a time before my knees I mean, give to, out. to be so. fair, I, I've been talking about The Selfish Gene in the Slack for like two months, the Richard Dawkins book, and I'm only like two thirds of the way through. Yeah, let's, so. let's do an annual check in. Zach, how, how far have you made it into Sandman? Oh, uh, ooh, any day now. <laughs> <Wrap that up. laughs> All right, our annual I, I, check-in on Zach Sandman progress my, is uh, is complete year. for this year. Yeah. I th- are you are you more than d- d- are you more than halfway? Have you made any progress? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I I think I have like ten issues left, and then I just stalled out. And- yeah, yeah. Th- this year was the year that I committed myself to reading uh, all of like Hellblazer and Hellboy, and I got I couldn't even make it out of the. Uh, is it Jamie Delano section of Hellblazer, of Hellblazer? Which is like I read a lot of it. I read you like can, forty-five issues. Of yeah, Hellblazer. yeah. You can bounce. You and can I, bounce around with Hellblazer. That's the thing. I know. I know. You. I just kind of am like I wanted to be the person who read the whole thing. Yeah, but you right. know, if you if you end up not reading it because it kind of just <laughs> wears you down. I, I actually I, uh, recommend bouncing around creators because you'll get a little other little different flavor. Yeah, yeah, I should. You know what? Let Let's do. Here's a topic I just thought of. Um, okay, things you experienced like basically for the first time. That are not new, but that you experience. So for me, I read a manga, <laughs> and I watched some anime. <laughs> um, I read I read all of Pluto. Absolutely inhaled it. Oh, I'm cool. the biggest Urasawa cool. fanboy out there now. Love it. It's gonna. I haven't ranked nice. it yet, but it will for sure be in my top 15 comics. I don't know how high, but oh, it's gonna sick. go super high. Um, and nice. then animes. I'm watching Cowboy Bebop. I started Neon Genesis mm-hmm. Evangelion. I don't get it. I've only watched one episode. Uh, I, I need to see what the hype is there. And there's something else, but but I think those were the big ones. Uh, do, you, do you have obvious things that lots of people like that you enjoyed for the first time this year? I don't know. That's a good I moved question. to California. A lot of people live in California and like it, and now I'm one of those people. Now you're a sunshine <laughs> boy. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. nice out here. We, uh... I'm so excited for California, Zach. Right and just coming in off the waves, just looking like a like no, a there's suntan. Two, there's wind, like God, I was talking to a coworker who surfs, and he was just like, "Yeah, like we." Uh, I was surfing the other day, and then I saw there was like some drone footage. There was a great white shark, like about half a mile from where I was surfing, but like no big deal. That happens all the time. And you were I'm like, like, "I'm out. <laughs> I'm never doing this. I will never set foot in the water." No, yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> Yeah, I look. I look at the beach from uh, my my job has a, a view of the coast in the water. But, Dude, that uh, rules. I am not, uh, yeah, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing like struck me as particularly. That's a good one. That's a good year. answer. What well, What's your favorite nothing? fish taco? That was one of the Slack questions. My fa- what do you mean favorite? Now that you're an ocean ta- boy. I mean, uh, ocean. Yeah, I, I mean fish tacos or fish. Ta- you know, a little coleslaw in there. You get All a right. little. We'll, we'll try again next year. That's yeah, fine. Fried fish. Um, Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte, did you have an answer um, for this, or just me? Just me experiencing uh, <laughs> obvious things fresh. You you started grad school this year, Charlotte. That's a big deal. How how do you like grad school? Oh yeah. Uh, Would you put it in your top top three schools? <laughs> like high school, uh, undergrad yeah, yeah. school, and grad school. How would you rank them? Right. Uh, I mean, what I'm doing currently is number one, and the rest is number eleven. <laughs> no, it's distant it's, distant eleventh. Yeah. It's very fun. I'm um, I'm studying like uh, children's literature and YA literature, which is uh, it's uh, very interesting and like. Hey, hey, me too. For the past decade. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Dave coming in with the biggest roast of comics (laughs) right at the end of the episode. Yeah, oh, good, um, good I mean, stuff. I joined the podcast this year. That that was pretty new. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exciting. Hosting a pod. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Took 
to it like a fish to water. But not a fish yeah. taco because he knows nothing about those. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Taco. This All has right. been my marvelous <laughs> year, 2021 spectacular. Uh, it's been a blast. We appreciate everybody who supported the site over at patreon.com slash my marvelous year. Those of us who rated and those rated and reviewed on iTunes and just those of you that listened along or read along at home. Thank you so much for your support this year. It has meant a lot. This is going to come out in December 2021. The rest of December 2021 episodes are going to be we're going to talk Spider-Man. We're going to rewatch the Raimi Spider-Man 2 and then also in wake of Spider-Man No Way Home. We'll talk about Spidey movies and then our last episode of the year will probably be a variant cover talking about Disney plus Hawkeye and then in 2022 we'll, no, we'll be back at Make sure it. that that's clear. Next episode we're talking about Raimi Spider-Man 2 and the new Spider-Man. Like we're all going to make the effort to go yeah, see yeah. the new Spider-Man yes. and talk. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Just to make sure that that's clear. Next episode will be about that one too. We'll split it up so that you can duck out, you know, before the spoiler talk. Uh, Absolutely. That is Absolutely. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. I'm Dave. Find my stuff at comic book. Harold, you can find Zach at Twitter at my marvelous year. Charlotte is at Fierro Charlotte. I think, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Woo-hoo! All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next year. See you next, next year. year.